0: The New York Giants winning streak is over as the Saints deliver a blow to New York's already slim postseason hopes. What went wrong for the G-Men and what does this mean for them moving forward? That and more on today's Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Lockdown Giants podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Lockdown NFL. That's linkedin.com slash Lockdown NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast family. Your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina P. Train, credentialed member of the New York Giants Media and uh, member of Pro Football Writers Association. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, not happy tonight. Uh, New York Giants, 24 6 to the New Orleans Saints, a loss, an offensive loss. And that's going to be our theme for today's show just an overall offensive performance. And I don't mean that in a good way. And uh, we're going to talk about everything from the game plan to the offensive line, which is going to get a special mention to the overall offensive performance, which extends to the defense, which had been so good. So I'm going to break it all down for you. And I'm going to not hold back here because there were a lot of things that just popped up that just had me shaking my head and made me wonder what are they doing here? So just a heads up. I might get a little spirited on this show and uh, look, I'm going to give it to you guys straight. Like I always do. So thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day. If you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day, shout out to my everydayers, my blue crew community members our newcomers, and everybody in between. Love you guys. You guys make this all worth it for me. Let's get into it. I've got to start off, folks, with the fact that the New York Giants, thanks to their loss, they are now assured of their ninth losing season in 11 years. All right? It just seems like the more things change, the more things stay the same. But specifically, I want to talk about the offensive game plan. and. I got to tell you, folks, I don't know what the coaches were thinking here. I mean, maybe if I sleep on it, it'll come to me. Maybe, you know, if I get a chance to ask head coach Brian Dable about it tomorrow, I'll get an answer. I doubt it. Um, I just don't understand it, you know, but let me vent. So here's the thing. The Giants were facing, and coming into this game, they were facing a run defense that was allowing 130 yards on the ground per game. So you say to yourself, okay, should be Saquon Barkley time, right? Let's run the ball down their throats until we can't anymore. So what happened? The New York Giants did try running the ball in the first quarter. They ran it um, three, I'm sorry, five times, got three yards. Which, by the way, they were running Saquon Barkley up the gut out of that T formation, which I don't think has worked at all this entire year. But that's another story. Then in the second quarter, they ran it six times for 43 yards. And I'm thinking, okay, the running game is starting to loosen up. You know, maybe there's something here. At halftime, the Giants are down seven to six. They come out in the second half. And they run the ball a grand total five times for fourteen yards. Five times for fourteen yards. You that you heard correctly. I don't think I saw very many of any stretch runs, which had worked so beautifully. You know, you look at at Saquon um, and and how he is has done running different directions on the field. Now coming into this game, according to Pro Football Focus, Saquon was averaging four point three six yards per attempt when running to the right outer side between the right tackle and the tight end. The left side, he was averaging 4.79 yards per attempt, okay, running to that left outer side. They had him going in between the tackles. How does that make sense? Seriously, how does that make sense? Besides the fact that they abandoned the run, I thought prematurely, they're they're running him up the gut where he's not really good at pushing the pile. I don't understand that at all. And especially you have a rookie quarterback who is playing behind a sieve of an offensive line, who is getting battered around like a pinball, and you're leaving him there to take that beating that he took? Come on. Now, let me give you a few other numbers here from this game plan. All right. The Giants had um, on third down, they averaged 10.7 yards per third down. Wow, that means they were in third and 10, or third and long a lot. They were 2 of 16 on third down conversions, 12.5%, which I believe is the worst mark of the season. They averaged, uh, let's see, 3.2 yards per play total. That's with 38 pass attempts to 16 runs, all right? You don't think maybe that the offensive game plan could have been a little bit better, a little bit more balanced, you know, running some of those outside runs that had worked so well for the Giants in past weeks? I mean, I don't know what the coaches saw. I don't know what the thought process was. That went into that. Obviously, you know, the coaching staff not available after a game, other than for head coach Brian Dable. And uh, you know, they were I was not at the game um down in New Orleans, so I didn't get a chance to ask, but you know, hopefully I get to ask Dable tomorrow on the on the conference call. But I don't get it, I really don't understand why they got away from the run. You know, up the middle, the the interior of the offensive line. Okay, they weren't getting any push, they weren't getting any. Penetration. They weren't blocking. So, what happened to the stretch runs? I don't know. I wish I had an answer for you. There were no red zone trips for the Giants. Their average gain per pass attempt versus rush, they gained 3.0 yards per pass attempt versus 3.2 yards per rush. Not a big difference, but you would say, okay, maybe they were having a little bit more success running the ball. So, I don't understand that. And here's the other thing I don't understand with the passing game. And maybe somebody out there can explain this to me. Why can't the Giants, especially on third down, get guys to run to the sticks and have the quarterback throw to guys who are at the sticks? I mean, I kept saying all along as I'm watching this, I'm like, why are they throwing short of the sticks? You know, how, are they de- how do they actually expect to to move the chains if they're throwing short of the sticks and guys are, you know, the, the defense is closing down on them. I don't understand that. I mean, I'd I like to sit. I can't remember the last time the Giants routinely threw to a receiver at the sticks. And it's bugged me now for the longest time with this offense. I mean, I really, really don't understand it. So you were left with a young quarterback, Tommy DeVito, who had played well. You know, the last three games, he had his struggles this, this week, but he was under pressure, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And he basically threw him to the wolves. It didn't really give him any help. You know, I think it's fair to question, you know, did this game plan put everybody in the best position to be successful? I don't think it did. You might disagree and that's fine, but I don't think it did. So here you have. The results, 24-6, to 6, Giants shut out in the second half of the game. The Giants now have gone, I want to say it's 21 or 22 games now without scoring a touchdown on their opening drive. That is the longest streak in the NFL. Um, yeah, not very good, folks. Not very good at all. Now, I save. The offensive line for the next segment. I'm going to talk about that because I've got some problems with that offensive line, and in particular, the coaching. So that's coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, right? So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've used LinkedIn Jobs to find aspiring writers for Giants Country, the site that I run over on SI's Fan Nation, and the process is not only super easy, but a big time saver. Simply add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize whom you'd like to interview and hire. So don't spend time sorting through endless resumes and dead-end leads. Put LinkedIn Jobs to work to you today for free by, by visiting linkedin.com slash NFL. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina. P-Train. Oh gosh, folks. I wish, I wish we were talking about a win tonight. I really do. I mean, the giants, they had a slim playoff chance, you know, a a slim chance at the playoffs. They're still mathematically alive, but let's, let's call it what it is. Folks, Their chances are dead. They're they're not going to make it. Not with two games remaining against the Eagles. And who knows if this team will even win another game the rest of the way. I mean, you know, is the bloom off the rose of the DeVito era? After this performance, you know, you could say yes. It Again, it's not all on DeVito. I got to give him props because he really showed up, you know, his toughness, um, hung in there as best as he can. But I question if he was put in the best, you know, position to succeed. And I want to talk about the offensive line because this is a unit we have all been screaming about now for I can't tell you how many years. It's been forever. We keep saying the Giants have got to fix the offensive line. And I agree with that. But here's the problem. If you are not getting the coaching to develop that offensive line, if you are seeing the same problems week after week after week, the inability to pick up a stunt on a consistent basis, two of the sacks today at least, were a result of stunts. The inability, you know, to, to combo block. The inability to be consistent, you know, I mean, what are we doing? At some point you have to say, okay, is it the talent or is it the coaching that this team is hiring to work with the offensive line, right? So everybody who's saying, okay, fix the offensive line. Yes, you could probably make a case that, okay, you know, the starting guards that they have right now probably, you know, need to be reconsidered. But how much of that is on the coaching? Some numbers. I mentioned two of the sacks, at least according to my unofficial count, came on against stunts. One stunt of which you had three guys blocking two outside defenders and nobody bothered to pick up the guy that was looping inside. And I'm sitting there going, what are you doing, man? You're not picking up the guy that's looping inside? I was like flabbergasted. I couldn't believe it. All right. The Giants have allowed 76 sacks in 14 games. They are on pace for 93 sacks, which would be the second most in league history. I believe the record is 104 by the 1986 Philadelphia Eagles. That's bad. All right, if the Giants reach that 90 mark and above, that's bad. And I'm sorry, there's just no just justifying retaining the offensive line coaching staff, if that is the case. Because at some point, again, you have to question, how much are they having a hand in the failures of this unit? All right. Now, let's talk about the unit in itself. So we saw Justin Pugh struggle. We have seen, you know, Ben Bredesen have struggles. John Michael Schmitz, the center, has been up and down. Now I get wanting to stay with continuity. But I sit there and I and when I see the constant struggles and the same struggles by the same guys week in and week out, and I don't see guys like you know Marcus McCathin or Sean Harlow or Mark Lewinsky getting any kind of opportunity to maybe go in there and fix it. I gotta ask, what are they doing in the classroom? What are they doing to improve this talent? You know. I, Look, there's enough blame, I think, to go around to everybody. You can question the talent, and that's fine. I've got to question the coaching. All right. You know, I don't think the coaching is innocent in this mess. I really don't. You look at, you know, the guards, I mentioned the guards. Evan Neal currently, you know, who's who's injured, he leads this according to Pro Football Focus coming into this game. Evan Neal, the right tackle. Led the offensive lineman with 30 quarterback pressures allowed coming into this game. Number two and number three, Ben Bredesen with 28, Justin Pugh with 23. You're starting guards, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, you mean to tell me that McCathan, who you know can't can't go in there, he hasn't improved enough. Now, I know he had an opportunity early in the year and he got benched, but he hasn't made any leeway to maybe go back in there and maybe see what you got with him as opposed to Justin Pugh, who I don't think is even going to be on this roster next year. I don't get it. I really don't. Um, So, you know, again, people say, look, we got to fix the offensive line. They've got to fix the offensive line. You could bring in all the talent you want in the world on this offensive line, but if they're not being molded properly, if they're not being taught properly, if you know the coaching is messing with their technique and making them uncomfortable, or you know not preparing them, which you know if you for my everydayers, if you saw my airing of the grievances a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago during the bye. You know that I had a big problem with how the Giants got their offensive line ready for the season and how they failed to really let guys settle in at, at the positions they were going to play. And then all of a sudden they were left with having to scramble when injuries happened. So coaching definitely has to take blame here. And, you know, I don't know what the, what the future holds for this coaching staff, but I got to believe that this is just not acceptable. And it is also just not justifiable to say, okay, Bobby Johnson, you're going to get another year to work with this offensive line. So, you know, we'll see. We, you know, we still have three more games to be played. Um, I doubt things are going to turn around in those next three games, but I do think that a shakeup needs to happen specifically at that unit because this is just not getting better. And it just seems like year after year after year after year. And some of you will say, well, you know, during the three game winning streak, the offensive line played well. They also played softer defenses. So take that for what it's worth. Look at the better defenses that this offensive line has played. And then tell me if you think that, you know, that line is making progress. I don't think they have. You might feel otherwise, though. All right, coming up next. We're going to talk about another offensive performance, but this side on the other side of the ball. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers Stay Hot on Thandle, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com and score big this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you all day, every day, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national sports shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked on Giants. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P Train 24 6. The dream is dead. Better luck next year. We'll see you next year. Well, we've got three more games to go. And uh, of course, we're talking about this one takeaways. And I'm trying to be as blunt as possible with you guys because you deserve it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Never have, never will. And before I get to the defensive side of the ball, just real quick, on tomorrow's Locked on Giants podcast, I am speaking with Mike Sando of The Athletic, and we are talking all things Giants. We're talking ownership, coaching, the coaching rumors about the strife, the players, the quarterback future, all kinds of topics. We're talking on a national scale. Mike shared with me some of his, you know, what he's been hearing so that interview is coming up on Lockdown Giants tomorrow. Also this week, we, of course, will have a Crossover Thursday. The Eagles are up next. The Eagles. Okay. I call them Eagles, but uh, Eagles on Christmas Day. Uh, <laughs> that ought to be fun, right? Uh, so we will have the Crossover show. I believe I'm going to have Gino Camilleri of uh, Lockdown Eagles. I think it's going to be him. I think I usually get him for the road games and Lou DiBiase for the home game. So we're going to hear from them. And I'm also hoping to get another player interview for you lined up this week. So I'm just waiting to see if the player becomes available and we can get this done. So uh, that's what's coming up on Lockdown Giants podcast. Thank you again for tuning in and for your support. You guys are the best and also, you know, if ever you want a specific topic, you want me to talk about a specific topic, just drop a comment in the in, below the video if you're watching on YouTube or send me an email. The, the uh, email address is in the show notes and just say, hey, you know, why don't you talk about this? And, you know, if I can make a show out of it, I'm happy to do so because at some point, you know, you guys are probably tired of hearing about the losses from this team. I know I would be if I were in your shoes. But anyway, we still got to talk about this one. And I've got to talk now about the offensive performance by the defense. Now, let me start off by just saying that it is unfair to constantly expect the defense to bail you out. All right. The defense over the last three games, the win streak, turnovers, sacks, pressures, they were playing tight. They were doing everything necessary to help the young quarterback out. And this week, one sack, zero turnovers, two quarterback pressures. And my goodness, what was up with the defensive secondary? I mean, there were times when the coverage just looked like an absolute mess. All right. They allowed a few deep passes where guys just looked at each other like, Duh, you know, it was your guy. No, it was your guy. So I'm not sure exactly what happened with, the, de- with the, uh, the defensive secondary, but at times it looked like an absolute mess. And this is without Chris Olav, who was inactive for the Saints. Their best receiver was inactive, and yet the Saints still managed to, com- to complete um, passes to 10 different receiver- receiving targets. So kudos to Derek Carr for that, for having a, a solid game. But let's talk about some additional numbers by the Giants' defense. They allowed 50% of the third down uh, opportunities by the Saints to be uh, converted. Yikes. The Saints were two for two in the red zone. Yikes. I mean, you know, I just felt like the defense was flat. Who made a big play? Who who on defense, can we honestly say, made a big play? You know, I I thought Adoree Jackson had a bad game. You know, there there were times when he was just getting beat like a drum. I don't know what the heck happened with him. You know, um, just looking at the stat sheet, just real quick, your leading leading tackler, safety Jason Pinnock, eight combined tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, one quarterback hit. He was followed by Sean Robinson, who also had eight tackles. That they, they actually tied. So they both had seven um, solos, one assist for eight total. Then you had Micah McFadden, Adoree Jackson. I mention this because, ideally, you want your front seven to be your leaders in tackling. And I get it that, you know, maybe they were playing... You know their safeties up closer in the box to stop Alvin Kamara, but I don't know. Just to, to me, it just seemed like there were some, some missed opportunities by the defense. Um, I thought guys had quiet games too. You know, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, you know, did we hear much from, um, you know, Thibodeau, for example? I think he had one tackle, um, and that was it. So, you know, was it what the Saints were doing, you know, they were without Ryan Ramsick, their offensive tackle. So were they just neutralizing the Giants defense? I don't know. I mean, on, on first glance, I would say probably. But I just felt like the Giants defense was lacking the bite that we had seen over the last three games. And that was disturbing to me. Now, again, no team that had ever started out 2-8 and eight in the season had ever gone on to uh, qualify for the postseason. The Giants, if you remember, started off 2-8. and eight. So their odds of going to the postseason, and you know even though we talked about it, they weren't very high. I think we all knew that. But it was a fun story. It was something to cling to. It gave everybody a glimmer of hope. Well, it's safe to say that even though the Giants haven't mathematically been eliminated, they're not making the playoffs. Mm-mm. No way. So here we are. Another losing season. And I just want to leave you with one final point. The Superdome. Every time they go down there, it just seems that something funky happens. Something bad happens. Well, besides the fact that they lost, they had both of their kickers get injured in this game. Randy Bullock pulling a hamstring um, on a kickoff. I think it was in the first quarter. And Jamie Gillen, the punter, who at one point had a wrap put on his left leg, his plant leg, he had to do all the kicking for the Giants. Now, fortunately, the kickoffs were fine. Um, The field goal attempt that he made was was good. But now the Giants potentially have to look at getting at least another place kicker. Now, do they bring up Cade York, who's on the practice squad, or do they bring in a veteran? Cade York, remember, was inactive for the three games he was on the 53-man roster. Giants kept elevating Bullock. So now that's another situation they got to resolve because depending on how bad, badly um, Bullock's hamstring is. And folks, on that note, this game, not good. Um, I want to thank you for allowing me to vent. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have the same frustrations I do. I hope this was somewhat therapeutic for you. I want to thank you for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Don't forget, tomorrow, Mike Sando joins me from The Athletic. We talk all things Giants from a national perspective. You won't want to miss that show. My name is Patricia Trainer, Ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow with a new episode of Lockdown Giants.